0: Our scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea during the rule of King Herod, magi came from the east to Bethlehem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, Because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report to me, so that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went. And look, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, Falling to their knees, they honored him. They opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Please turn in your voices together to 274, See Whose Glory Fills the Skies.
1: good morning and i'm sorry i forgot to say my name is christine sign and i use she her pronouns question firstly welcome to epiphany but how many of you took down your christmas tree yesterday or plan to do it today yeah that's a pretty good number i think um how many of you feel that it's a little bit drab after you've done that yeah (laughs) Did any celebrate Three Kings Day? Yay! (laughs) And make a Three Kings cake. Did you have a Three Kings cake? Wonderful. (laughs) See, it's a tradition in Mexico as well as Puerto Rico. um, The Three Kings Day and it's a wonderful, wonderful celebration. And I must admit, I really do miss it. But I think that for most of us, epiphany is a fairly unfamiliar celebration. Um, and I do want to make an apology, first of all, because last week we were distinctly told that the scriptures were going to focus on Mark. And you might notice that I chose a scripture out of Matthew. Um, and those of you who know me probably realize that I love to mess with traditions and think outside the box. In fact, um, in a week or so, I'm going to launch my podcast, The Liturgical Rebels. It's a podcast for spiritual seekers who no longer feel comfortable with traditional Christian religious observances. The intent is to empower people to creatively reconstruct their faith and develop new approaches to spiritual practices. It will emphasize the sacredness of all things and uncover ways in which God speak to us through nature and creativity, restorative justice and environmental concerns, and through the mon- mundane and ordinary acts of daily life. And I've already got some very exciting guests lined up for the first season. So you can probably tell I'm really excited about what's coming, at least in my life, in the next couple of weeks. So what about today's sermon? what does it mean to mess with tradition and why well in heidi havercamp's book advent in narnia uh, which talks about c.s lewis's narnia books she points out how familiar and sometimes uninteresting the story of jesus can become Uh, how we can take it for granted and she says that lewis by placing it in another world makes it unfamiliar again he he gives us the chance to feel a newfound wonder at the depths of god's love the power of christ's grace and the totality of his sacrifice and wonder of a world infused with the holy spirit we can all use a spiritual wake-up call like this where the story of jesus becomes unfamiliar again so I'm going to make Christianity a little unfamiliar again to us by asking the question, where was Jesus born? And to where will we welcome him? According to one of my favourite theologians, Kenneth Bailey, in his wonderful book, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes, joseph's family steeped in the hospitality of eastern of middle eastern culture sorry would never have relegated mary and joseph to a stable way out there somewhere joseph was coming home with a new wife even though there was a bit of a shadow over her and with an expected first child the whole family was gathering aunts uncles cousins brothers and sisters all of them coming home. Yes, there was a census that brought them together, but in a fun-loving culture like this, it would not have diminished the welcome or the excitement of a homecoming gathering. The expectation of a baby to be born in their midst would only have increased the excitement. As Bailey explains, the Greek word translated as "in" in Luke 2, verse 7, does not mean a commercial building with rooms for travelers. It's a guest space, typically the upper room of a common village home. A simple village home in the time of Jesus' birth probably only had two rooms in it, one for the family and one for the guests. And then there was a separation between the family area down a couple of steps And that's where the animals went. And the mangers were usually put in the area between the family home and the area in which the animals were kept during the night and then sent outside during the day. And that is probably where Jesus was laid. Kind of an unfamiliar way of looking at the birth story, isn't it? But it was probably to this simple village home that the shepherds and later the wise men came. Shepherds, despised and regarded as unclean by their society, are visited by angels and invited to join the great homecoming celebration that marks the coming of the child who will become the Messiah. For them to be invited into a family home is far more remarkable than an invitation to a stable. Can you imagine the scene today? How would you react if a group of homeless people whom you'd never met before knocked on your door and asked to see your newborn baby? Wow. <laughs> you know, so their welcome is good news indeed for the outcast and the despised of our society. And the wise men come, as we've heard, you know, probably coming astrologers, stargazers, coming on camels, probably from Arabia, as is shown in this picture that i i showed earlier and they too come to find a new home a new place of belonging that has beckoned to them across the world again their welcome into the house where jesus is staying is quite surprising they are gentiles not usually welcomed into jewish homes this too is remarkable and good news for people of all nations who long for a place to call home It's much easier to relegate Jesus to the stable, to see him as an outsider, not really part of the family that it is to think of him being born into our homes. Seeing Jesus in an out-of-the-way place where disreputable people like shepherds can come to worship without us having to worry about them messing up our homes makes life easy for us. We get that glow that tells us Jesus is here, but there is still little commitment that it really requires of us. Bailey tells us that the birth of stories of Jesus de the messianic traditions. Hopes and expectations that had centered around Jerusalem are fulfilled in the birth of Christ. The new family the new community that will be formed around this child does not look to the earthly Jerusalem though, but to the heavenly Jerusalem, which will come down from heaven as a gift of God at the end of history. And it is to this home, a place with no more tears, no oppression or starvation, that the Magi, and in fact, all of us are beckoned by the birth of Christ. I love this imagery. Even in the birth of Jesus, we are called towards a new family and a new home. There are family and friends and animals and special invitation by angels for the despised and rejected. And a star to guide the strangers and those who seem far off. The new family and the home envisioned in the birth of Jesus is inclusive of all who accept God's invitation. And that's good news for all of us. In some parts of France, there's a wonderful custom called Santons that really envisions this in a way. Part of a typical French Noel creche, clay Santons, or little saints, come to the manger. They come in their working clothes to visit the Holy Family. All the villagers bring the Christ child presents that they've made or grown or hunted or sold to honour the newborn baby. The baker comes with a special round country loaf marked with a cross and baked only at Christmas time. The vegetable merchant, the cheese vendor, the basket maker, the wine grower, the humble woman or man who brings only a bundle of sticks for a fire to keep the baby warm, all are welcome around the manger. And the poor old man, who thinks he has nothing to give the baby, holds his lantern and offers to light the way for others his gift of thoughtfulness and courtesy earns him a place in the scene and in the new family isn't that a beautiful beautiful image Uh, i've seen some pictures of this and it just kind of gives me a real warm feeling at the inclusiveness that this shows because it invites all the people in our community to stand around the baby Jesus whether they're rich or poor black or white heterosexual homosexual transsexual refugee immigrant everybody is welcome and so the question for all of us I think during Epiphany is to where will we welcome Jesus and who will we welcome with him do we really want him moving into our homes and bringing his disreputable followers and foreigners with him? Or is it easier to relegate him to the stable, to see him as an outsider, not not as part of the family? These days when a baby is born, many couples keep it cloistered away for the first few months, afraid that they will be exposed to germs that they have no immunity to most parents would certainly not welcome those who came to see jesus animals who knows what they carry (laughs) homeless shepherds and finally the magi foreigners from afar who have who knows picked up what in their travels who could tell what kind of diseases they might carry and how they might disrupt our families. I mean, can you imagine those magi arriving, not just the three of them, but with that whole caravan of people that seems to have been with them? You know, I've had this incredible image of all of those people trying to crowd into a tiny little village home as they came to see Jesus. And I think, yeah, that would have been pretty disruptive and its potential to contaminate would have been pretty high. But one of the things I love about the Mennonite church is that it's a place that welcomes the stranger, the destitute and the despised. I love what um, Weldon said this morning because it gave that sense of the embracing and inclusive nature of the welcome that is offered here. However, I think as we start a new year, we all need reminders, reminders to bring the manger inside and bring Jesus inside with it. To welcome the excluded, the ignored, the illegal immigrants, the disabled and the socially unacceptable into our homes and invite them to become part of our families. How willingly do we gather with friends and strangers around the manger in church in homeless shelters in refugee camps and in our own homes. How will we extend an invitation so that everyone feels welcome together at the birth of Christ. I think that Epiphany is a great time for us to ask these kinds of questions. It really is a time for reflection, a time for us to discern what it is that we want to focus on for the rest of the year. And of course, this is very much in keeping with the practice that I talked about earlier with the children, the chalking of the door, a form of house blessing that stays with us all through the year. And it's a way of welcoming everybody and of blessing all who enter, exit, and dwell in our home and church. Because it doesn't need to be just confined to doing it on a church, I mean on a home, it can also be done on the church. And it goes with a blessing. May all who come to our home this year rejoice to find Christ living among us. And may we seek and serve in everyone we meet, that same Jesus who is your incarnate world, now and forever. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. One of my friends actually makes a list of all the people who have visited over the year and prays for them after she and her kids have chalked the door. Um, And we've done the chalking of the door for the last few years, but I haven't thought of doing that. And we'll be doing it, as I said, tomorrow with our small community at the Mustard Seed House. And I know that often as I enter the door, I look up and I think of that blessing and what it means for us and for the people that come into the door in through the door so I'm going to invite you to join me in this process I mean obviously you don't have to but those who would like to I've got over here all the things that you would need to uh do the chalking of the door yourself I'm going to um Joanne said that she couldn't see the pictures so if you want to look at the pictures I'm going to leave them there so that you can just have a quick look at them during the response time but I have here this sheet here on the front it has a house blessing that you might like to do inside the house and then on the back is the whole um, spelling out of the blessing of the home that goes with the chalking of the door and how to do the chalking of the door. And for those of us that kind of, you know, can't imagine this, what it looks like for this year, (laughs) if you want to do it exactly as it said. So there are copies of that here. Um, So please feel free to pick that, that up as you come up. There are pieces of chalk as well. And I'm going to hold up this big piece of chalk here. And instead of each and you might want to bless it again um i when i put this up on facebook last year several people said oh you've got to have it blessed i thought oops (laughs) i missed out on that (laughs) so i thought this year we will bless the chalk before you take it home uh and then if you don't feel it's been blessed enough you can always do it again when you get home because it's right in here um lord jesus through your incarnation and birth in true human form you have made all the earth holy we now ask your blessing upon this simple gift of your creation chalk we use it as a tool to teach our children and they use it as a tool in their play and games now With your blessing, may it become a tool for us to mark the doors of our home with the symbols of your wise servants who so long ago came to worship and adore you in your first home. So I invite you to come up, take a piece of chalk home and mark your door with it if you feel so inclined. Um, And here's the... um, Uh, Again, you know, if you need graphics rather than words, then here is the graphic that you can take. And for the kids, there are some um, templates here that they might just like to color the doors, or you might like to let them do that. But be aware the crayons are not for marking your doors with, unless you want to spend a lot of time next year, having to scrub it off so that you can start all over again. So please, do come forward and I'm, I'm putting these up here too, the images, because Joanne said I couldn't see them and so I'm putting them here in case somebody wants to look at them as well. So please, we've got a few minutes here, come forward um, and um, get some chalk, get, get a piece of chalk, there's plenty of chalk here, get the blessing and um, mark the... So. We, give people a few minutes to do this?
0: I encourage you to come <laughs> forward to participate in the it's blessing. It's not scary, honestly, it's not. <laughs> the blessing, the welcoming of who, who is Jesus presenting? Who, through whom is Jesus being presented to us during this coming year? How do we welcome Jesus?